Podcast 99 brought to you by Culture Dumps. We are going to start day two of the Woodstock 99 Music Festival Ooh. here. Are you feeling it? I'm, I'm feeling There's it. There's something in the it's, air. It's There's something in the air. 14. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like trying to do this shit in real time, I feel like. Like, I'm exhausted. And it's yeah. just, we have two full days. <laughs> yeah. There is so much more to go. There's so much more. And uh, it truly is all down here. Or all downhill from here, I should say. All down, yeah. Goddamn, last you know, day one really kicked my ass, you guys. <laughs> like, first of all, no water. You know, you can't shit anywhere except for outside already. It's just. And uh, did you see the food? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Potatoes. Probably, Jesus. Chicken. I went to sleep at three. Woke up at like seven thirty when the, the rave, sun started. I had to check out the rave, which lasted, as you guys know, from uh, the the last uh, part of day one. The rave ended at about five a.m. Oh, in the hangar. Rave. Gosh. So, uh, uh, here right. we are. All right. Yeah, I'm Ryan Lichten. Josh Evans is here, Parks Miller, and we're joined by Gray Holger of Contradict Sound. We're all in the same room. In the we're, flesh. Yeah, it's, uh, this is... I'm, tr- a- I'm trying to make the, like, I flew all the way to L.A., and all I got was a lousy hangover. Everyone's going to be <laughs> like, like, how many times did you time? go to L.A.? In the last- hey, no, uh, yeah, we do a lot. We I, do a fucking lot for you guys in a short amount of time, Okay. I, so, I like it here. I like it here. Yeah. And we get to record live. We didn't you know. ask you that. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck if you like <laughs> it. I just want you to be here. What the fuck? All right. So it's day two now. It is day two. This is July 24th, 1999. Uh, this day in its entirety is both parts chaotic and peaceful. There, There's a lot going on, and it's like all total like parallels of each other. Uh, day tier features it features so many different acts uh, that are still highly influential and prominent, but at the same time, so many bands that have been forgotten, and uh, so many bands that are like a true like pace marker in yeah, time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like day two is really the most Woodstock '99 day of Woodstock '99. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the until uh, you get to day three, but yeah it just keeps going the, the, the hits keep yeah. coming that's why it was a great festival uh but by day two the promoters and the security now knew that they were nowhere near prepared for this monster that they created yeah. they're realizing they that haven't people, admitted this yet right yes because the, there are press conferences the thought now. is there right the the press conference uh you know that we talked about earlier in the in the series where they would have them before and after each day that actually starts on day two because there's so much shit that happened on day one that they're like okay we need to like clear the air mm-hmm. a little bit and on the mystery tape the the like key research piece that we have for this podcast uh they're that press conference is in it and it's and, heated uh, it's heated yeah and there's yeah. someone there, there's people already complaining about sanitation there's that classic clip of the guy that's like yelling at him like man i i clean up football stadiums and i run a sanitation crew and we deal yeah. with crowds of a hundred thousand people and it's like spick and span brand new by the next day what's the deal and john shared like just totally trumps him and is just like yeah. you know you think you could do better well i'll pay your guys a hundred bucks a day hell a thousand dollars a day my people are busting their ass blah 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 but yeah. it's not true and they knew that and it's also a bad claim i mean even in with inflation and money it's just like oh i'll give you a thousand bucks yeah, it's like yeah that's trash. not worth the amount of like that's well, not they worth ended the up work. paying a lot more than that shit yep. uh so the second day it also marks the points where the gates have been crashed so like the locals and everyone knew that you could get in just by pulling down these walls with you know the peace wall as they called it uh the at the time held the record for the world's largest mural people are just knocking it over and and pulling it down and and they're just walking in you know what i mean because day two if, if you remember from our survivor stories tony b who bought a ticket said that he didn't even go through the gates because you could just walk right oh, in yeah, right. yeah he was there day two yeah yeah but he bought it but it was just easier to just walk right in and uh you know and people yeah like you know, he paid 200 bucks for a ticket and people a lot of people did that but when you see the lines in the security check or whatever it's just like well Fuck it. You know, you just walk right in. At least you have a ticket in case like someone questions you. Uh, also, the the traffic is now at like complete gridlock. It's not like when day one started. It's not like when yeah. the pre-show started. This is like hardcore. It's hard yeah. to get in and, and out the of the city. And the traffic would stay like this. Um, hence why, you know, when you get to day 
the end of day three why things were so complicated with getting you know people to hot yeah everything and getting, and getting all that stuff officers. to the festival yeah, yeah. exactly so it, no yeah completely this, so, is, this is the beginning of that yeah it's uh, again it's all downhill from here uh and word spread really fast amongst all the locals of, of rome new york that you could just get in because you know of course you know as we learned from uh from pony it was a huge deal in town. Woodstock 99 was going to save Rome, New York. You know, they had some economic problems. They were, everyone was yeah. looking forward to it. It was going to be a big thing. But the locals, no one was really like, oh, well, I'm going to go to that for sure. Like, it wasn't like that. But once you found out that you could just walk right in, they're like, yeah. well, fuck it. I'll go check it out. You know, even if it was just for like a couple hours. So people were just like flooding the gates and flooding yeah. the holes in the it wall. It really fucked the place up. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you think about like when the, the Olympics go anywhere. Just it's just like it just fucks it up. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, it's just that you have that whole thing, which again happened at the original Woodstock in 1969. Um, but as we will find out, so th these are all just sort of like the backdrop of these bands and all this stuff that's happening. But again, it's just like some in Woodstock 69, they everyone made it work. They were smoking the right drugs, listening to enough folk they made it music. Work. There was no new metal. And so, so everyone just came out pretty good, but well, there was actually I feel like there was actually something to prove then. You yeah, know? yeah. Because the whole the, reputation was that these was that you care were crazy. Right. You know, yeah, this, we this care. Is, this but, is such but, a different monster, yeah, dude. Yeah. This is such a whole different thing. So right. people coming in, it wasn't like, oh my god, we got to go be part of this. It was like, you fucking Limp Bizkit's playing, Kid yeah. Rock's playing. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we'll just get you can just get in. So not only are people getting in without paying, but they're able to bring in whatever the fuck they want. Right. So like any drug dealer that could get there, anyone with booze, like weapons, whatever the fuck you wanted, you could walk into that place. Yeah. You could have a fucking gun, you know what I mean? And no one's gonna stop you. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Sixteen is like something's really happening, man. And then Woodside's like, yo, this shit's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. No, that and that's definitely uh what it is. So Let's get going with the uh, the the entertainment, if you will. On the west stage now, which again is the secondary stage, at around eleven forty-five is when it's starting. Uh, we have Spitfire again. Ah, this again. They they get they get multiple. Uh, I know slots. They're gonna open the west stage every day of this thing. This this is this is one of those things where it it would just. I really feel like if we could get some spitfire footage it would just i mean blow our minds we might just have to try and find not woodstock 99 footage of them and uh i know but let you guys know about that because but because again the only thing that i've ever been able to find on spitfire picture? is is literally two pictures one is like so shitty you can't even see anyone on stage and the other one is so shitty you can barely see anyone on stage yeah. and it's just like a giant dj booth with a giant spitfire banner and it's it, that's it yeah. You, you know what I mean? That's it. So then jumping over now, and, and that set ends at about 1245. They have an hour set uh, mm. th uh, that lasts. It's a lot of poetry. But at noon at 12, that's when the East Stage opens. And the East Stage opens with the legendary Canadian band, The Tragically Hip. Yep. Now, <laughs> there's a lot to say about this. Uh, they're, you know, we've heard that they've been considered the like REM of Canada, like, yeah. like, like the Huge nation's leading band. like artsy band that's yeah. still commercially successful. Haven't really, rock. haven't really heard about this band, but digging into it, realize that they they do have like a, a serious merit. No, you know, oh, the, definitely, and they've yeah. been around forever. Yes, um, and they grew out of what I can only assume would be like whatever punk scene was in their local like yeah. Canadian yeah. town. Well, you know what I mean? All bands like that. College dude. rock, Co yeah, because college rock turned into alternative rock essentially when college so. radio started to like. But, um, you know, play stuff they wanted, yeah. and there was like a sort of like a yeah. You know, a cultural I mean, that's how REM bands like I mean, we're from I'm from Athens. Parks lived there for yeah. a little bit. Uh, like you know, REM, B52s, Pylon. These that's kind of how that happened. Is that you know, yeah. these college towns were playing this music and right, right, yeah. Then you go to New York, and then there it is. So like a grand done, done so deal. Like they're you know? they're kind of like in that sense, like it's like they're doing it right. You know, they're yeah. like they're yeah, doing it the well, real I'm not, way, I'm not really like grassroots. Sure. <clears throat> I'm not really sure that they, they grew out of like a a punk scene but I, I from what i saw they have a documentary on netflix that's actually about um their their final tour that we'll get yeah, to right. the singer yeah, we'll, gourd yeah. later yeah. who eventually died but um they, these guys kind of started like they, they pretty much finished high school and went straight into this band and, right uh, so it really started in just like like a lot of these kids grew up together played music right things like that so i don't know not really sure if they were part of like a scene necessarily, but maybe they created their own. 
Yeah, that, I mean, so, it kind of like you know? reads like that when you yeah. listen to the music. Yeah, because the drummer is even quoted as saying in that movie, he's like, "I literally graduated high school and then played our first show the next day." Yeah, and he's like, "I've been doing this ever since." Ever since, yeah. yeah. And that's and they are huge. You know what I mean? In America, like, oh, yes, they, a lot of people know them. I'm sure a lot of people know about them around the world. They've sold millions of records. I mean, millions. Yeah, yeah well, our friend, uh, well, but our, like, our, you know, our friend Mike, he was he was a DJ. And, at a, a college radio, I don't. I'm not sure where exactly. It was at a uh, in Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where I first heard about them. Is when we brought the podcast. He brought them up. I was like, oh, they're like the REM of Canada. Yeah. But I, so I had no idea who they were before that. This is one of the I only heard bands of them before on the fest who like I owned CDs by. Wow. <laughs> I thought you like. Oh I thought you had them, so you didn't have a live. <laughs> okay, record? here's one thing that we need to say about our very own Gray Holger here. He's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> Okay, he's a little and, too and, cool. and he's a little bit and he's a little bit older than us. So when Woodstock '99 was happening, he was not into Woodstock. That wasn't a cool thing, you know. Pony said it too. It's, it's Woodstock '99 wasn't the cool person thing to go to. It was the most yeah. commercially blown it, yeah, out exactly. bullshit thing of the decade. So like, yeah, it's like all new, you know, yeah. to, to this guy when we're talking about these bands. But uh, yeah, like you, you were but, very but, excited about. Talking about tragically, yeah, this hit. band's actually good. Like, I'll still yeah. check out this band and listen Ooh, to them. Okay, well, <laughs> see, I'm here now. I'm well, here in the flesh. I don't have to do the Skype thing where I have to just like I'm I'm in my own room. You know, it's just <laughs> I, I'm gonna give them uh, respect, but I had trouble getting through this this set. Well, honestly. it wasn't my favorite. I haven't watched the set, so I okay. Uh, no, I it's say. it's fucking good. Well, and I was gonna say also like uh, it seems like I'm in the kind of to elaborate on, on you know talking about gray and like you know this kind of, we were saying also that they uh they're kind of like the coolest or most like uh, definitely weird like okay um, their like, name is really cool they i'm are, claiming it here and you know magically you know what i'm saying hip. yeah they you know, are no, so we, cool it's become an issue oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it, it well a, we got three here that are saying that yes it is the coolest that they were the coolest quote-unquote band to play at woodstock yeah. and when i say cool i don't mean like the well, best show or whatever no no, no. See, here's a, here's a, okay give me, give they, me, no, give me a second a cool Wait, so, band. yeah well i was gonna okay, say yes, that they, cool they, they would have they would have probably fit 94 more than 99 but yes, i think yes. of you know i think that they have 69 vibes Yes. As well, because if you watch footage of just not even their Woodstock shows, but like their own shows, it's almost like seeing a dead crowd or something. Like everyone's like singing along. Everyone's kind of got their eyes It's a eyes major closed. cult They're, following band. Yeah. But yeah. bigger than that. It, it's, it, because, it hits you right here. Right. You know? and, and so their singer, Gord Downey, he's always been the most talked about member. You know, the ones interviewed the most. Uh, but there's, there's another Gord. There's two Gords. There's yeah, two yeah. Gords. In Tragically Hip, which like their basis, isn't it? Gord Sinclair? Gord is that? I don't Gord. know. If the, you know, I'm I don't know too much about Canada, but Gord. Uh, there's two in their biggest band, so that must be a pretty popular name. I'm sure so many people in Canada Wait, were like, I'm it, naming our son Tom, Gord. Wasn't Tom Green's name and Freddie got fingered? Gord. Oh my <sighs> God. He's Canadian. So Whoa. There you go. So well, you it was your birthday the other day. You were singing. Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, oh, yeah. He was blowing my I mind. I can't escape this shit. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I uh, can't escape it. So Downey, the singer, he he became what Tragically Hip is mostly known for is like his unique style of singing, where it's mostly kind of like free form, like poetry, like he's speaking a lot. You know, he does sing, but he, he's telling, he's kind of yelling. It sounds and, like stream of consciousness. What yeah. it is, it's one of those things that he, you know, it's his his it's his thing. But what came out of it, the, the people that were influenced by him, it, it, it was a little. It's, you can say the same thing. We're gonna, I'm going to mention another Athens band, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, like who I actually really like. But the bands that were really into them and wanted to sound like them can kiss my ass. <laughs> oh my, yeah, well, you know no, because no, you know what I'm saying. Because it's such a unique style that it's it's undeniable. Like when when you see someone doing it, and there are other bands that have done it. Like I would say that he was that Downey was probably really influenced by Lou Reed, who does sure. kind of like yeah. the talking kind of he like also, storytelling. Thing. You know, it's funny too that because the in, in the documentary he talks about like how much he like loves the PGs. Weird. Which is the uh, the Bee Gees opposite. are great though. No, they're no, yeah. I mean that makes sense, but yeah, it's, just, it's just but weird. yeah, but it's not. But he and he even says he's like, guy. I know that you're not supposed to like the Bee Gees, but they're my favorite. But who says yeah. that? I never. Well, yeah, no, who, who I does say that. No, I could imagine in the '90s that the Bee Gees were not cool. Right? No, yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Yeah, disco, disco um, demolition. So sorry, real quick, real quick though, I w yeah, you're right. Uh, Tom Green's character in Freddie Got Fingered, a classic 
uh, yes. moment in cinema. Modern surrealist uh, masterpiece. His name was. Didn't you watch it on acid? Gord yes. Brody. <laughs> Gord Brody. Okay, so Gord. It's a Canadian. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to say thing. that's we're done. we're done. We're done. Okay, yes. Okay. I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad we tightened that one up. So, uh, <laughs> so that style of singing where, where he's like saying these lyrics and, and, and kind of it's really intense, you know, has an intense thing. Like a, a modern day band uh, that you could say has that same kind of style would be like Me Without You. I was going to also um, say uh, Mountain Goats. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah stuff like, like that. Yeah. The Hold Steady, which I guess is not. And, and then more, the but... uh, notorious uh, little known hate band ethnic cleansing also kind of has that style uh so anyways uh they made they made one appearance on saturday there's night a, live there's a band called ethnic cleansing. Yes. yeah it's really awful no one yes. listened to it it's bad stuff and it's hateful <laughs> Jeez, uh they made fun. they made an appearance on saturday night live in 1995 at the recommendation of fellow canadian dan Aykroyd. Mm. he was like yo this band's tight you should have them on and uh they've been come to be known as the hip that's like what their yeah. fans oh that's yeah no website, you like the hip, the hip. yeah you, you like the hip hip ca or whatever i probably yeah. heard about them in 95 but it wasn't snl it was much music yeah oh much. yeah much music like the mtv yeah. of canada okay. they were all over that that's what it is see the tr i would always when i was uh an adolescent an angsty adolescent i would listen to my rock radio i would always confuse the tragically hip with hip heavy lip which I don't remember that band. I have what never the fuck is that? that. You're making heavy, stuff up now. Hip Heavy Lip, their one claim to fame is they did a rock grunge version of Mr. Grinch. And mm. the uh, rock station, the radio <laughs> station. I'm disappointed <laughs> in that. Um, what are you talking so, about? That's where my brain's at. Anyway, oh continue. my god! So yeah, they've been in tons of movies and and you know on TV and all that. Uh, they were in the Kids in the Hall Brain Candy soundtrack, which is an amazing uh, movie as well. Mm. Uh, but in 2016, the band announced that their singer Gord Downey was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Yeah. After the sad. announcement, though, yeah, it's it's terrible. Uh, for anyone and especially like you know yeah. that was they he yeah. was like an art hero of canada like people need to realize that that even though they had such an early slot they opened up the main stage like in canada mm -hmm. these these were the coolest fucking guys right. like yeah. this was uh, the, the thing, coolest the band. thing is too is like when they um when this when this happened uh, he had some pretty serious surgery to kind of like buy him some time i would say and uh he when he came out of this this surgery it took a it took a quite a while for him to like remember his lyrics like kind of get back in the swing of things and then they decided like let's he decided really it was it was ultimately like his like he he was really pushing it he's like i want to i want to do this last canadian like huge tour mm -hmm. and some of the members of the band were just sort of worried that you know what what would, right what would, yeah what, what could happen you know no yeah definitely it's but, scary but they they he you know it's that mind over matter thing like he he you know had this connection to his audience that he felt the need to do that for right. himself for everybody else so within minutes every single show that they had originally booked for that tour sold out like instantly yeah and they ended up adding more dates which you know again they were worried about adding more dates right because, yeah no you know, it's crazy it's, yeah so but th but they did it and um yeah that's that's pretty that's no, no, that's, that's, pre that's, okay. that's pretty wild and yeah, people do like, okay, you know, Black Sabbath did their last concert, yeah. you know, for the millionth time. You know, Elton John <laughs> is like these, doing a farewell tour, this. but this is like, no, no, this is it. This is, this this is, is it because time. there there will be no others because like yeah. I will not be on this Justin planet Trudeau, anymore. Justin Trudeau was 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 at the, one of the shows and like hung out with them and he was like, you know, he was, he loved Pushed it. his weight around, dude, can I get backstage? But yeah, he, <laughs> he, he talks in the movie and he just talks about how it, yeah, like he's like the one thing about this band is that it's it really you know it is like a big like you know Canadian thing, but he also talks about how Gord, um, the singer Gord, uh, <laughs> like how much just how much love and like that he had for Canada and how he was right. one of these one of the, the very few people that was a true patriot. Right. Yeah, but you know, in 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 the best way. I no, guess, no, you well, because you know, if you're a true patriot through and through in America, you're like psycho to most people yeah but yeah but anyways so yeah that documentary is called a national celebration and the final concert the last stop on tour was broadcast on almost every major canadian tv network it was like a pay-per-view thing it was streaming and it was uninterrupted no commercials it was the full concert and it reached a viewership of about 11.7 million people pretty crazy which i'm gonna guess is like almost everyone in canada um no nah, i think there's actually more people in los angeles than there are in all of canada yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I, I mean, that was the thing. I I was like, that. nope. We're gonna watch the hip. <laughs> right. This is it. <laughs> right. But I mean, okay. So, so my girl Meredith was 
her her mom loves Tragically Hip. So that kind of was like, oh, wow, people do actually love this band. And they're obsessed with it. And just she brought up the point of like... Our own Grey, Holger. Well, yes. Yeah. I'm still not sure about that. Um, <laughs> as far as... You couldn't see the eye roll. But um, they, I just got... But, the, got the but, but that is crazy to just imagine like... Because it's like a terminal brain cancer. Where like they play their last show. And then imagine the last song of the last show. You're like, this is... I'm trying it's, to, it's I'm trying to, I'm trying no, to remember. It. Oh, I remember. I remember it. the last song they played live. It was called um, uh, "Ahead by a Century." Was the name uh, of the song? It's a hit. So it's yeah. that no, was the last song they ever played. I'm gonna give. It's them heavy. For, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that, that stuff's yeah, really, sure. really heavy. And you know, that was uh, 2016. He died in October of 2017. Right. So like, they really yeah, that's cut close. it close. They're, they're fresh. They're fresh yeah. off of uh, losing. You know. I mean that's the thing. Yeah. That's what sucks about the story too. Is like, like I said earlier, um, you're right out of high school and and you've done this your whole life. Like, and then it's all of a sudden like over in this sort of tragic way. It's like, it was what do you do? Not now, tragically you know? hip, just oh tragically sad. I, oh, I was holding my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were probably gonna be like, mm, that's tragically hip, and not, and not say the fucking nice part. <laughs> you said the joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so Canadian. A lot of Canadian love. So yeah, oh, completely. Uh, and so the, we're not really talking about the set so much. Well, we're getting there right now because there. yeah, yeah. With that being said, we have Canadian love, but the, we'll the set. Yeah. So their set. It's the first set on the East stage. There are shit tons of Canadian flags in the crowd. I yes. mean, a lot. And our boy, the raspy voice announcer. Who? who mm, Trouble, wait, 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 wait. No, <laughs> bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. We're good. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, the raspy voice announcer is back. And uh, we're going to call him Old Raspy because what we're going to see on the West stage right after this is that there's a new Raspy voice announcer that's Young younger Rasp, yeah. and, and a little more a little more cut. And uh, he's a Raspy voice announcer, too. So we got Old Raspy and Young Raspy. We also got East and West Raspy. That's how we're going to be referring to these guys. So try and keep that straight. Um, and the announcer, the <laughs> East Raspy. He's in rare form. He's freshly shaven. He, he looks groomed. He's well rested. And uh, he comes in hot, like r- right away. He starts like, hey, look at those titties. They got smiley faces painted on them. And then the pay-per-view camera cuts and there's, yeah, a woman with smiley face boobs. And then he starts talking shit to all the Canadians. He's like, I see a lot of weird flags out there. You know, okay. I could, I could just say the whole thing, but we're, let's just play it. Like, because yeah, you, you, you got to hear, hear it. Yeah, hear yeah. Lots of beautiful music, but I see some very strange flags all in front. I got two words for you Canadians. No goal. We're from Buffalo. What was that bullshit? In the crease. Listen. Listen. <laughs> hey, it ain't like somebody from Canada won. What are you worrying about? He's brutal. The ra- oh, East Raspy is brutal. He, he, he does not give a fuck about shit. Uh, I will say that. But then, so, you know, he, he brings the... Uh, he brings the band out and they come out and I'm going to say that they're up for best dressed. You know what I mean? They're just like, they're a cool band. So they're wearing cool clothes. You know what I mean? There's nothing really like crazy or too embarrassing. Like everything they're wearing makes sense. And compared to so many other bands, right. that's a compliment. Dude, but Parks is not for, having it. No. Up, okay. Here's my thing. I'm not trying to rip on this band, but like up for best dressed. Yes. We're taking it too far. I think they're very, they're not up for, well, they're not they're the not, worst. They're, they're not the worst. Well, they're not oh, okay. up for best dress. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I would, I would argue actually the guitar player with the long straight hair, he could, he could fall into the he worst. He has like abs painted well, on his shirt, you, but it's cool. I mean, he, I mean, Gordy, the singer, he's wearing, you know, like a, like a green, like a shirt. He's got a tie. He's got a tie. Yeah. But if you watch the, the, the documentary, he, he has this like seamstress late this person make these like really like sparkly, glammy, crazy outfits and he wears like these crazy hats with like the feathers yeah, yeah. sticking out. I wonder of if that's because so, he I had brain he, surgery. I wish he had I wish star. Done that. I, I mean I'm not even trying to be fucked just up with that. I just movie. wonder. But okay. So yeah, he, so he comes out and uh it, you know he says, I'm feeling Woodstock horrific. Hello there, good morning. I feel Woodstock horrific. So yeah, like we were saying, like overall, you know, this set goes off without a hitch. There's really not too much to say about it. Like, yeah, the songs are good. Like, I never really listened to the band at all. I watched the entire set, and by the end of it, I was like, this band's pretty cool. You I know mean, what I mean? Like, they, they're good. They, but they kind of suffer from some bad 
sound. I mean, a, a little yeah, bit, yeah, a little I, bit, it, but it, it does it, clean it itself is, up. It is challenging. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, they it, they it, make it through. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm still sticking with coolest. Uh, and, and you know, they don't have I'm like not. he doesn't have over the top banter or anything like that. Like it, like uh, what I said about Bush, I, I take it back about how they'd be a good uh, set to show an an alien. No, if an alien was like, what is alternative rock? I would show them tragically hip yes, at it, Woodstock '99. It, like that's an alternative rock concert. Okay, so so the one thing I noticed about them is. Tragically Hip plays these types of uh, chords. Their guitar, it's its these like weird, it's not just like a normal like rock and roll chord. It's like this kind of chord that like I feel like was prevalent in like bands like Fugazi and stuff, but then ended up so being in uh, bands uh, okay, like um, like new metal bands. Like th- so, they're, they're... so white chords. <laughs> yeah, sustain. Oh my God. <laughs> like some, someone, Soulless in, someone in that band definitely like went to music school and was like you know you're like you know you got the singer and he's like okay i wrote this song and he just kind of writes it on this basic thing and then the guitar player's like well you know if you made uh the third chord a sustained ninth <laughs> you know, it, would just, it would just add a lot of emotion yeah that's how you write fucking it. songs god damn it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah if you grew up with a beatles if you grew up with you know, a beatles guitar you know what else book. sucks about the tragically hip they probably rehearsed like that's like the no, like you're just trying to no, find i'm them. not trying to rip on them though i'm not trying to rip on them i'm just saying that it, it's 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 okay. It was okay. Right. Okay. But look, I I respect this band. Yeah. No. It's it's fine. You don't. We, not everything is for everyone. <laughs> and uh, so okay, his lyrics. You know, again, he has that like I'm talking kind of thing. Like I'm reading a poem rather than singing lyrics with a lot of the songs. He has one about like the Grand Canyon. He's known for writing a lot about landscapes and things like that. Well, a lot of a lot of Canadian his, historical. Right. Stuff well, he talks too, about yeah. the Grand Canyon and cutting open a mule. Maybe it's safe to say. Maybe it's 90s. safe to say that. Uh, this guy has a little more in common with our, our boy Zach De La Roca than, than we might. You know. Oh, whoa. The Canadian rage. Yeah. Not REM. Is this a twin? <laughs> Maybe. Is he talk, you know, I'm not there's, there's, a, there's a whole thing about native Canadian, you know, natives in Canada that, you know. He cared. Was, yeah. He, he cared. really cared. Yeah, he really it, did care. They came out with like concept albums about that kind of shit too. Uh, but one of my favorite lines that he says is like the most angsty, like Canadian, like artsy teen line ever. It's you said you didn't give a fuck about hockey, and I never saw someone say that before. Dude, that's amazing. Like, oh my God, she doesn't give a fuck about hockey? Uh, like, okay, I whoa. can't defend that. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughtful, alternative rock. Yeah, it, no, it's good. But Executed well. at the end of the day, it goes off without it's a like hitch. It's liter- like literal, personal, the, like that thing, that, that style of, of writing, where it's just like, this actually happened. I'm not like making yeah. it art. It's just like, and it is what it is. Because of that, yeah. people relate because it's just like, for some reason, it just makes me think of that Ben Stiller movie, Reality Bites. I just feel like if they weren't on that soundtrack, they probably oh, could have. They're been. definitely a Reality Bites type band. It's 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 just that like, yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I paid sixty five cents for a soda at the local store. Like you know, it's just like right. whatever the fuck like you have to say. Yeah. Like let's but, go on a road trip. But the best thing about their set is when it ends because. That's when John Sher, the father, the evil mayor, the man in the tower of Woodstock 99, comes out to personally address the audience. And uh, he's, he, you know, getting everyone amped. He's wearing these cargo shorts, his hat. He has the same outfit on every day. Uh, he didn't you, have a time. He didn't have time to change. No. And, you know, that, or he just had like a million of the same outfit, <laughs> which is also very possible. But he uh, comes out and he says, hey, they just declared that uh, Woodstock 99 is the third biggest city in the state of New York. And uh, and hey, it's hot out there, but don't worry. There's there's free water everywhere. You know, he's like, there's plenty of free water out there. You don't have to buy soda. If you think about it, it's getting soaked up by all the mud. Yeah, you just wring out your shirts, drink that. You know, piss is okay too. But uh, you know, then he mentions that the fences around the. He goes, hey, you guys are getting a little crazy out there. He goes, but the beer gardens. Do not tear the fences down from the beer gardens. If there's no fences wow. there, yeah, and he, and he goes on to explain why you can't do that. And uh, we are going to play this because it's just amazing. But he also claims that that a rock journalist told him that today is going to be the greatest day in the history of rock and roll. Day two of Woodstock '99, the greatest day in the history of rock and roll, is what he was told, and he believed it, or he just totally made that up. But uh, let's let's listen to John share really quick before I get into the juiciest part of this episode. in the state of New York. 
especially with the people down here in front. We want everybody to try to remember. It's going to be hot. It's going to be near 90 today. There's plenty, plenty of free water around the site. It's very important to keep drinking. You don't have to buy liquids. You don't have to buy soda. There's plenty of free water. Try to keep cool. Try to keep your hats on if you have them. Try to put sure, make sure that you have, make sure that you have suntan lotion. We don't want anybody to get hurt here. Also, those of you that are 21, those of you that are drinking, those of you that want a nice cold beer, that's fine. But if you try to take the fences down around the beer gardens, the state liquor authority is going to close down the beer gardens. So be smart, take your time, relax, drink responsibly, only if you're 21, and don't try to take down the fences around the beer gardens. They weren't designed the way the wall was, so if you try to take them down, there won't be any beer. So let's be smart about that. Those of you here in the front, be responsible, care about your neighbors, don't push too hard, enjoy yourself. Got a long day. A journalist earlier today told me today is gonna to be the most amazing day of rock and roll music in the history of rock and roll. Be here and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, basically, that, I mean, that's just like that classic, like, don't touch this. It's just like, don't do that thing. Well, well no, I love how he specifically says, he's like, look, he's you guys are going to... threatening to take away the beer. The booze, like, yeah, yeah, that's like, the thing. Yeah, he's like, listen, just don't do the beer gardens because then you can't drink. And they're like, okay, okay. Like, there was probably guys set up around the beer gardens. They're like, no, dude, don't fuck with this wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, where the, that, all this, that's where all the Peace Patrol they went eventually. Yeah, like, Whatever yeah. you do, don't open that door. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's so fucking funny that he's like, just... Not around the beer garden because they'll take our liquor license, and I know you guys want to have a good time, and you can only have a good time if you're drunk. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> so the most important thing, though, from that is that he then introduces his good friend, Brother Weiss, Ooh. which is the old stage raspy. name of Old Raspy, East Raspy, right. the mystery raspy voice announcer that we have been searching for the identity of yes. this entire series. Brother Weiss. So Brother Weiss. We, we thought Rasp, and he thought Weiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had it wrong the whole time. Yeah. We, were, we were going down the wrong trail. But Brother Weiss, a.k.a. Alan Levin, he is uh, most notably a, a radio host on WCMF from Rochester, New York. He has been on tons of different stations, like every major station in Rochester, New York. He is still on the radio in Rochester, New York. Yes, he is still alive. Uh, his career la has lasted decades and decades and decades. His most notable show was that first one on WCMF, and it was called The Brother Weiss Morning Circus, where you don't... Yeah, yeah, he's like, you know... Like there's just tons of sound bites, like <laughs> vroom, vroom, pff, yeah, like just like that's Brother Weiss shit right there. But more importantly, Brother Weiss is a war veteran who served three tours during the Vietnam War. Hey, real quick, when you, when you when you when you told us when you when you found this out and you told us through our our group chat text message thread, uh, you. I guess you're maybe you misspelled it or autocorrected to oh, no. three hours in Vietnam. And I was <laughs> I'm like, getting the fuck out of here. I was like, how do you? <laughs> I was really trying to think about. I didn't even ask. I was like, can you? Can, can you only can only serve three hours in a war? Hey man, you like, gotta get me out of here. I'm gay as hell. Like, <laughs> like, like how do you get sent home from a war in three hours? Yeah, three yeah. No, three tours. tours as he in he, get yeah. yeah, he, he couldn't, couldn't get enough. He the couldn't opposite. get enough. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, Vietnam War was like a, a crazy thing where you would get back from your tour and then you came home and like all the young people hated you and like would throw rocks at you and call you baby killer. So it's like, fuck it, I'll just go back. But yeah. also like, but there's a maybe, Woodstock there. I mean, you know, the 60s it, Woodstock, Vietnam. Brother Weiss has major Woodstock vibes. Like major sixty nine vibes and because we're about to he find out he's more Woodstock ninety nine vibes. Well, oh my god, yeah, yeah it's, it's very true. But he, he was very influential in, in New York radio. He he uh, helped you know some heavy hitters like uh, Greg Opie Hughes of Opie and Anthony. He Opie worked with him early in his career. Brother Weiss kind of showed him the ropes of being a nasty guy. A, sh a shock. And then jock. Uh, yeah, a shock jock and Stephanie Miller also who used to go by the name Sister Sleaze when she worked with Brother Weiss. Sister Sleaze and Brother Weiss. Brother Weiss is also a cancer survivor. He had sinus cancer but his treatment was successful wow. now. Okay. So I, so I bet that Howard Stern probably has, you know, he's probably got a thing to say about this guy. 
You know? Oh sure yeah, he, I'm sure probably. He, I'm sure he's indebted to him. In probably some more. Way. Well, or maybe probably more. Brother Wee's like that motherfucker doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like you know what I mean? Like ah, it should be me. Uh, brother Wee's. But uh, brother Wee's, this will come to no surprise to anyone that has heard his uh, comments on stage about boobs and stuff. He was sued twice for uh, lewd comments he made on the air about uh, female co-hosts and, and co-workers, and he had to pay quote large sums of money. Yeah, the, is what the Wikipedia <laughs> says, which is hilarious. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, then so on stage though, Brother Weeze goes on to explain to the crowd after talking about the smiley face titties and everything that uh, the the United States Postal Service is going to be releasing a commemorative stamp for for to represent the 1960s and the art that they chose was the Woodstock bird. And he goes, isn't that great? He's like, I bet the stamp for the 90s is going to be those titties, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. So from one raspy thing. to another, we now. Now we're on the west stage here. This is about 1 p.m. We're going to be going until about 1.45 with this. Pace yourself, guys. Guster. Uh. Who, you might ask? I don't know. Guster. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's just fucking Guster. But that is when um, we, we meet the next announcer. But real quick, Guster was formed in Boston, Massachusetts in 1991. They were a college band. Yes. Came together. Uh, they, they, they grew to be fairly popular locally. College radio, as we talked about earlier, was a huge thing. So that's kind of what, like, propelled them. But, uh, and lot, I mean, they still play. They still tour. They're a very, like, kind of cult-following band. Uh, I saw a guy in a Guster shirt the other day. I was yeah. like, whoa, that's fucking weird. I have a friend that worked for them. Yeah, no, did yeah, they're around for sure. Albums, yeah. But, like, I didn't know about them until I got into Woodstock 99. But uh, they're, they're also kind of known for their humor that they inject into their sets uh, more now than back in those days. But, like, they'll come out as, like, a fake band and do, like, a little fake set first. Yeah. Or, like, they'll have a game show host come out and select them from the audience to come up and play. Like, shit like well, that. Well, it was only fitting for uh, the, the other raspy voice announcer to come out on stage and... Uh... Oh yeah, because yeah. Give give one of the more memorable introductions, introductions for sure. Yeah, let's should we take a listen to that? Yeah, this yeah. is uh, uh, this yeah. is the second now the, the West Raspy the 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 new mystery one because now we can go now raspy. we can say Brother Wee. So raspy. we got Brother Wee's and we got Little Raspy. Yeah, uh, this is him announcing Guster on the West stage. Let me tell you, if you want your asses blown out, stay in the room. From Boston, Guster! Blown out, baby. I'm always looking to get my ass blown out. That's like, what, what does I he mean? Up. That's... Yeah, because like, we're gonna fuck it. Like I, I don't. Uh, it's just like weird. And Gus, did he know about Guster, or was he just like, no, well, he's he's the hype. He, well, <sighs> well, he's like he's like subbing in for for Brother Wee's because Brother Wee's like I, I can't do all these bands like that. <laughs> I, I can't be twelve places at once. There's so, too many so, titties. So he he brings <laughs> along a little like mini Wee's, and he's like, all right, it's you, you turn. So he's like, all right, it's my first. It's my first uh, band. Like, You're like, yeah, it's blown out. And it's like, I mean, I get what that he means. He blew his wad. Yeah. I mean, I guess like blown out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially saying like you're going to be incredibly entertained, but like then, but you know what? Okay, Guster, dude. Yeah, well, I was gonna. Yeah, you're right. Because I was gonna say like, I wouldn't have minded if he said that before anyone else. Yeah, like Kid Rock or the Biscuit. It would make sense with it's so Guster. many. How that, is Guster well, gonna blow your ass out? I, I don't well, know. We're about to find out. Boof well, your ass. I, I'm, I'm truly <laughs> under the impression that he had never heard them before, and he's like, "Well, it's a rock band. Like they got guitars. I don't know. Right. They'll well, blow your ass out." I mean, I that know. is not part of his part of his job description. Is he doesn't actually need to know who Guster is. You just gotta announce them, and you gotta get yeah, people you just excited to let people know their asses so, are gonna get blown out. So they, they sound like total like just you know college, college stuff. Okay. It, it's two it's, acoustic, it's two acoustic yeah, guitar guys that, that are singing. Run through pedals so they can put a little edge, a little distortion. Yeah, then they have a percussionist uh, known as the Thunder God, right? Who plays the bongos, and his hands are taped up to shit. Like yeah. he's ready to pound the motherfuckers so, so, to death. So you he's got the, bongos. He's and pretty acoustic. entertaining, I would say. Bongos and acoustic. I mean, this is the quintessential i mean even more than a uh, strange folk this is even more of a college band than strange folk totally cuz anyone could this do this yeah. because this you can literally you could some start, of the whitest shit you, you could will start ever see this in band life. in your dorm room you have yes, bongos yeah, and acoustic they can play you, anywhere you can play can, in yeah. your dorm well nowadays you know cuz like sometimes the drummer will like alternate and on albums like they'll have like a full band with like a bassist and like a real drum kit and stuff and uh the one of the guys from the shins just produced their latest record which is like kind of crazy it just sounds like normal like indie rock stuff yeah. but yeah and like you know 
the one of the guitarists, he looks so crazy stony. He's got like the long kind of curly hair, he baggy. Like, he looks like he's selling the, mushrooms. What's the guy from SNL? Kyle. Kyle Mooney. He's kind of got like he's he's kinda, kinda got he that like hair. That guy, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got mushroom dealer vibes. And then the other guy looks like a fucking like Eddie Bauer model. Like they're a yeah. brawny guy. He looks like a. He's like six foot five. He looks like a Pixar. Like it looks like the uh, a superhero it? or the Incredibles. But yeah. he lost his credibility. He's all chin. He's all chin. He's got a weird face. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> guy. I don't know. I think traditionally he's a, a very handsome American man. Uh, but I feel like the way that they sound though is like what all like bros and like hard asses and stuff think like. Like when I was in high school and emo was like the most stigmatized thing. I think that that's what they all thought it sounded like. Like they didn't know that there was like more like they're just like, oh, yeah, like that's what it sounds like. You're two guys whining with a bongo yeah, guy. But I it's am like kind of confused by what they are and what they're doing. It, so, it's just it's, singer songwriter acoustic stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it has that kind of the granola crunch. Like I feel like they, <laughs> I feel like especially <laughs> in the night. I mean, that um, they, they definitely would fit in at like sort of a hippie vibe with lots of, you know, hallucinogens. Because you got the bongos and stuff, but then they're writing these songs that I mean, I mean, no, I'm just if I if I was there, like the my mellow would be harshed immediately <laughs> by the, the, the content and the melodies of the singing. It's, right. It's, well, because and also some of the lyrics are really weird. Like their song "Airport Song" is the song that's featured on the official Woodstock '99 oh, DVD. Yeah. And there's one specific lyric we want to play really quick yeah. for you. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy now. Daddy. So maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're a little more ahead of their time than uh, we. Yeah, daddy's huge now. Yeah, who's your daddy? So they're also, like I said before, they're like, you know, kind of known for their humor and like their funny stuff, that they, which is not funny to me. But, uh, you yeah, know, he but what do I know? His nose, what, we, I don't know. Well, at one point he starts making like, he starts speaking like a heavy, like Irish like leprechaun-y kind of accent and says like, oh, you warm my heart to the... It's fucked up. Let's, let's hear that shit real quick. Oh, Rome, New York. You don't know what warmth is coming through the cockles of this heart of ours. I'd like to welcome up a friend of ours. He used to be in a band called... Yeah, I hate that shit. And, and, it, it, and no one's really laughing or whatever. It's like in, if I was on stage with that, like you ever been on stage with someone playing and like they do some shit and you're just like, oh, fuck. Which is probably what it's like to play with me. I feel like at any given time it's like to be like, oh motherfucker, like Parks. What? One time he had he he put his hair up in like uh like you did like uh these like oh, bra the braids. braids. Yeah. You look yeah, you, you look pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, but that's he's not speaking in an Irish accent. That would probably look badass. Yeah. Parks is a is a very handsome tall man. Yeah. Uh, college college rock. Yeah. <laughs> well and okay, but by this time the Peace Patrol has like super soakers. Like I don't know who was supplying them with these if, the, if like any of the Woodstock ninety nine budget went to super soakers, because a lot of motherfuckers had them. Well super soakers were fucking huge then. I had mm -hmm. some of the like yeah, one maybe they were sponsored. ones that you they were like yeah. Massive. You ever yeah. get blasted in the eye and it puts your like pushes your eyelid up and you're just like, oh shit, Dude, like yeah, that was the worst. Yeah, yeah. So they end their set with uh, a cover of "Fight for Your Right to Party" from oh, you know the Beastie Boys, but with like, two acoustic guitars. So think about that or uh, just watch it. Whoa, yeah. So wait, did they start the trend of really bad white people covering rap songs with acoustic guitars? Oh man, I, uh, it's either that or no. no not, I'm not oh, hating at all when I say this because I'm a diehard fan, but. I think maybe Hey Ya could have been... But that wasn't Bruce a cover. Yeah. That wasn't a cover. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. No, 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 yeah. I, meant, I meant people covering that, oh, that song oh, with oh. acoustic guitars. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, dude. yeah. Yeah. Quick quick shout out to my friend Spencer Ye who made a, a like mixtape compilation of people covering pop songs on acoustic oh, guitars. Oh, no, I friends uh, years that ago. Stuff. Uh, <laughs> the, the cover of uh, uh, Panda by Designer. Oh, Check that dude, out. That, that is incredible. The black, the, the black Beetle acoustic. Uh, that, black the Beetle. One, the one guy. Uh, yeah. There's a million Hotline Bling covers. There, there's uh, a there, ton. There's, of, actually, there's so much. It, uh, it's a viral it? thing. It's like it would be on a sponsored Instagram Ni post where it's like, there's check this girl's girl, cover. Nike, Nike Heaton or Nikki Heaton. She like got a legitimate record deal by just being like a really attractive girl covering Chief Keef songs on the acoustic mm, guitar. That's crazy. Um, what a oh, world. Wait, wait, but real quick. Back to the gourd. That does remind me, maybe the original is there is a band called The Gourds from Texas, and they covered Gin and Juice. 
acoustic style. Oh, so, dude, they were nineties. Why am I dude, surrounded you're, you're, by gourd? I'm getting, I'm getting fucked out of my gourd right now with all this information. Oh my god, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, acoustic rap covers. Yeah, so they did yeah. it, and everyone's like kind of parting, but it's so far off from like a rowdy crowd. Like they're just like, okay, well, like at least this song isn't. Shitty. Yeah. Well, they do it like, long enough for themselves to get uncomfortable with it, and then they stop. Yeah, and they, yeah, and then they stop. But what makes the entire Guster set worth watching, and why I would recommend sitting through it, and don't skip, don't skip, because it's the payoff. Or do skip. No, because no, 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 it's, it's you know only worth funny? it if you have the payoff of sitting through all the bullshit. But at the very end, the raspy voice guy comes out again. He starts telling everyone, "Hey, let everyone know the West Stage is where it's at," and blah blah blah. And people are yelling at him. He's like, "Hey, take a walk," and the, and the camera kind of pans out. And it's showing the the crowd thinning out and everyone kind of leaving the West stage. And then out of nowhere, it cuts to like this girl's gone wild fucking Guster clip. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. These like naked women that literally are like models. They, they look like it's, 90s Playboy models and they're absolutely naked. You know what's funny yeah. too? It's, it's Completely the, the naked. Last, the last comment on uh, the, for that video on YouTube is like, Stick around. Yeah. And they put the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. the last thing someone commented on that stick video. Stick around, yeah. dude. No, but seriously, stick around because it's yeah. crazy. And then, and then, so it's two of them, and people are taking pictures, and there's a guy with a super soaker. And then it, the camera kind of pulls back, and you see that they're standing on a food vendor stand. Like, like they're standing on top of like a burger stand, and yeah. there's like a crowd of like 2,000 guys surrounding it like zombies and dawn of the dead around yeah. the mall yeah dude. and like they're swarming and then like one by one more girls start coming up butt naked and like are dancing and i'm only trying to think if like the guys in the burger place knew what was going on on top or if they sent them another, out there themselves. another woodstock mystery it was probably orchestrated but it is funny to think of them just being like wow like you know our chicken kebabs are really selling today <laughs> like just not realizing it but lunch rush but in reality it was probably like yeah you should go up there I'll, you know i'll give you 50 bucks to just yeah, get naked me. yeah but naked i mean they are completely it's one it's of them bizarre. has shoes on yeah <laughs> yeah no one of them has shoes cheating it's going back to that it's it's like a titty comedy it's like you would have guster in the titty comedy and then you have the titties in the, titty. the titty comedy <laughs> In it. Titty so. comedy, the musical. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. So now we're doing the uh, the emerging artist roundup that we do, the hangar stage, which was the emerging artist stage. Uh, you know, that's going that's going to go on all all the days. So the bands that played during this time frame that we're talking about, the kind of first installation. First up, we have Young and Fabulous, and I tried to find music or anything from them, and all I could find out was that there's a like a musical in Singapore called young and fabulous but uh i don't think that was performing at woodstock 99 and then uh, after that we have gargantua soul just like classic 90s new metal that never really broke you know what i mean not quite hard enough not quite twisted yeah. enough you but, know what i mean but good attempt you know gargantua it's just, yeah it's no, just, no, yeah like gargantua soul dude. It's, like, it's like collective soul this yeah. is gargantua yeah. <laughs> yeah. even more they, soul yeah. <laughs> i honestly think they would have been more successful if their name was just Gargantua. I mean, like, yeah. dude, are you gonna go see Gargantua tonight? Yeah, but then you get there and it's like, what's up, y'all? Well, if you're like, you want to see Gargantua Soul? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, you're right. No. And so on, on YouTube, though, I did find a, a music video, or it, it's not even like a music video. It, it's just the song playing. But the picture that they use is a thumbnail. Like, like the, the thumbnail is a Woodstock '99 tower that's burning, and the fires didn't start until the next day. But they're like totally being like, dude, we were there, man. Like uh -huh. fucking, like that's our shit. Yeah. And and they've been on you know much music the MTV of Canada that they, they were featured on the X Games it's X Games music and uh, they've been on Stern, uh, you know the Howard Stern show and it's also like that specific type of of new metal where it's it's really heartfelt it's like almost every song is like a new metal ballad to where like when like the bros and jocks are graduating high school and they just sit in their truck and put that on like man like. It's all coming to it. Like, what do I do next, man? What's the next step? Like, it's that kind of... Uh, like Hinder. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then the next band is just called Three. Like, the number three. Not spelled out. Literally just three. Minimal. Uh, founded in 1994. Uh, I guess they were discovered by Universal Music after they performed at the Emerging Artist stage at Woodstock 94. And they made it all the way to the Emerging Artist stage at Woodstock 99. It's a long emerge uh for sure that's, that's the glow up right there yeah the, it, it takes time you know <laughs> oh, what i mean and, and again it's like new metal but it's like simpler it's it's, it's not like 
anything to write home about. Then we have a uh, Serial Joe. Oh, these guys got a little info on them. <laughs> well, Serial oh Joe, I, I got something on. So it's spelled like Serial Killer. They're from Canada, uh, formed around 1997. They, they've won a Much Music Video Award for the Best Independent Video in 98. Uh, I love the way that like they're like one of the Wikipedia pages describes it. It says they were granted the honor of performing at the Woodstock '99 Emerging Artist Tent. Like, love those mm, love those mid level custom Wikipedias. Granted the honor. Uh, which one of the guys in the band wrote that? And then in 2002, yeah. they were dropped from their label and disbanded. And uh, it's it's not really like new metal stuff. It's just like sad. Okay, rock. So, so so serial dress. So it's written serial like a serial killer. So it, it, let's talk about the name. So it's like. Who is Joe? Is that like the guy that like? It's like your average Joe. Joe, it's like he comes to your party and like drinks all your beer. Cereal, cereal Joe. It's like oh, I've been Joed again. Oh. Like, <laughs> Joe took my last cigarette. Who knows? Like, there maybe it's like a weird fucked up comic book character one of them came up with. I don't, I don't fucking know. But uh, that is day two, part one. Yeah. Uh, we, we're gonna be going deep into day, you know, day two as as we go on. So uh, yeah, we just like it to. It gets uh, a lot better. It gets a lot better and a lot worse. Yeah, there, there's major highlights coming up in this. There's going to be a couple episodes that, you know, are like the Legends of Woodstock, yeah, the single yeah. band episodes. That There's a whole bunch of stuff coming. Uh, again, Biscuit, Kid Rock. Uh, yeah, a couple that rage. I, I, don't I, I mean, there's, yeah. there's some. My, my personal favorite, wait. which I won't say, because uh, it's just such the, a good We've one. been waiting for a lot of yeah, day two I mean, stuff to come. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be fat, yo. It's gonna uh, be is what I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> is how Thank, I'm gonna describe it. Thanks to all the listeners. We got. If you have any questions. Please, or any stories, anything. Yeah, hit us up. Tell everyone, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, you know, we just started up a Patreon that's going to have exclusive content. We we have commentary tracks for for sets. We have episodes that that you'll never hear on Podcast 99 because they're not Woodstock 99 related. We're going to come out with all sorts of stuff. So uh, be sure to check out, you know, patreon.com slash culture dumps. And yeah, we will. uh, We'll catch you then. Wonderful thing. I can't understand you guys. You guys are still from Canada? Because you couldn't move. You're still from Canada. I don't think you can get out of that. They're dragging one Canadian chick over. She was in the crease. All right, get her out here. Hold on a second. You're going to love us for this one. I think if you look up on the side, you'll be looking at a stamp the American people have chosen to represent the 60s. That's the stamp for the 60s, for the stamp of the century. 30 years ago, Woodstock represented the pinnacle of American counterculture in honoring the Woodstock Festival, the Postal Service from from our country, the United States, not you guys. The United States have helped to create a fitting, although an ironic tribute to what is now an American cultural institute. We think it's great. Look for the stamp in September. I think the stand for the 90s is going to be these chicks' titties. I hope that makes paper. Three naked broads will be the Woodstock stand for the 90s. Hey, you guys. Hey, hey, hey. I can't even look. Podcast 99 is brought to you by Culture Dumps. We would like to thank Gray Holger at Contradict Sound for all of his technical assistance. If you went to, worked at, or performed at Woodstock 99, please contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at podcast99. Thanks again, and we'll see you at Woodstock.